When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. What am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. <laughs> Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Hauser, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. I had a dentist appointment and I was not looking forward to it. Of course, I was hoping that it would relieve me from the fierce toothache that had been haunting me for a while, but the prospect of, well, everything about that experience gave me the heebie-jeebies like you wouldn't believe. I shared my woes with Rachel Ann, and she passed on her secret recipe for dentist appointments. A playlist with tales and tunes to listen to as a distraction during the treatment. I thought that was a brilliant idea, and so I carefully curated a set of songs and stories that would wrap me in a sound cloud of peace, calm and wonder. Clad in this armor of magic, I arrived at the dentist's office. I took one last deep breath, hit play and closed my eyes as they got to work. Time passed, and in my mind I was swaying to a Celtic folk song, when suddenly I heard a voice, right there, in my ear. Wake up, it whispered. Wake up and open your eyes. I did so and blinked. Twice, three times. But no, it was certain. The woman bent over me was definitely not my dentist. The first teller for this episode is Jenga Salka. Jenga, also known as the multicolored lady, is Hungary's first international storyteller. At age 14, she decided she wanted to be a bard. Many years have passed and a lot has happened since then. Now, Jenga travels the world telling stories in Hungarian, English and Spanish, and she has published several books with folktale collections and other storytelling topics. Her blog is a fantastic resource for folktales around the world. I had the pleasure of meeting Jenga in person at an international storytelling conference in Denmark last year, and I can tell you that she is as lovely in real life as she seems online. And now... Please enjoy Jenga telling the story of the king and the mitmit bird. Hello, my name is Jenga Virag Zalka. I am a storyteller from Hungary, and today I have for you my version of an old Hungarian folktale called The King and the Mitmit Bird. Once upon a time, there was a king who loved birds, and the birds loved him. Other kings might spend their fortune on jewelry, on treasures, on lavish feasts and great palaces, but this king, this king spent his money on his gardens. 
He made a paradise for birds around his palace. He planted big trees and bushes for the birds to nest in. There were ponds for the waterfowl and bird baths and nesting materials and all kinds of food the birds could wish for. And he filled these gardens with birds of all shapes and sizes. And in the mornings, all he had to do was step out onto his balcony and he could feast his eyes on the gardens, the flowers, the trees, the colorful feathers in all the colors of the rainbow and the symphony of all of those birds singing together. He loved the birds. He loved caring for them. He loved feeding them. He loved watching them and he loved showing them off to his guests and he could talk for hours about his favorite birds and what they had done that day in the gardens. People knew about the king's love for birds. And whenever they had a bird that had come from far away, a bird that needed a home or a bird that was injured, they would take them to the king. And the king would care for them, he would heal them, he would feed them, he would make sure that they had a home in his gardens. Well, one day, an old woman came to the king's palace. She was selling birds. And she said, your majesty, do I have a treat for you? She had this big cage covered with black cloth and she said, your majesty, this is something you have never ever seen before. Well, show me, said the king, very curious to see what was in the cage, even though he did not approve of birds in captivity. The old woman pulled the cloth off the cage, and inside the cage there was a very strange bird. It had ruffled black and gray feathers, it had burning red eyes and a crooked beak. What is that? asked the king. Well, your majesty... This is a very special bird. It's called a Lidertz, a Lidertz chicken. These birds have great magic powers. They can bring you whatever you wish for, from wherever you wish around the world. But you always have to keep them busy. You always have to give them a task, because the moment they get bored, terrible things could happen. These birds could die of boredom, if you are not careful. You always have to be ready with the next order for them, your majesty. Well, the king was not sure about this, but he looked at that strange bird all alone in the cage and he felt sorry for it. So he looked at the old woman. What is the price? Well, your majesty, for a bird this special and this rare, I would say hmm, a bucket of gold. And the king ordered his servants to pay the bucket of gold. And he bought the Didier's chicken. And once he was alone with the cage, he opened the cage and let the chicken out. And the Lidiertz looked at the king with his piercing red eyes and started speaking. Mit mit, mit mit, mit mit, mit hozak, mit hozak, mit hozak. What, 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 what should I bring, what should I bring, what should I bring? And the king said, well, um, um, he didn't really know what to wish for. He was a king. He had everything he needed. The only thing that he really ever wished for was more birds. So he looked at the chicken and he said, well, bring me two birds of paradise that are looking for a good home to live in. Renban, 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 right away, right away, right away. And the leaders turned into a ball of fire and swooshed out of the palace and flew away. And in a few minutes, it returned in the company of two beautiful birds of paradise with plumage of gold and red and orange and yellow. 
And the king was so happy. He showed the birds of paradise to his gardens and made sure that they were well cared for. But while he was doing that, the Lidertz was already at his heels going, Mit, 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 hozak, mit, hozak, mit, hozak. And the king thought and he said, well, um, go and, uh, and bring me a flock of parrots that are looking for a good home. Randman, Randman, Randman. The Lidets once again turned into a ball of fire and swooshed out of the palace. And in a few minutes, it returned with an entire flock of beautiful little parrots that were happily making their new home in the foliage of the trees in the garden. And the king was watching them and he was smiling, but the Lidets was right there next to him going, Mit, 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 hozak, mit, hozak, mit, hozak, until he gave the next order. And it went like this for the entire day, the entire evening. The king would ask the leaders to go out around the world and search for birds that were looking for a good home. And the leaders would bring them to the gardens and the king would make sure that they had a place to live and they had things to eat and that they were comfortable and safe. And he was happy. The garden was growing. The birds were happy. But the leaders was still at his heels every moment of the day and night, going, mit, 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 hozak, mit, hozak, mit, hozak, until he had got the next order. Well, it was the early hours of dawn, and the king was getting desperate. Those of you who have toddlers might know this feeling. The Lidertz was following him everywhere, going, mit, 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 until the next order. So the king thought hard about what to do about this. He did not want the Lidertz to die of boredom. He didn't want it to be unhappy, but he also needed sleep. So finally, as the sun was coming up, he had an idea. Mit, 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 hozak, mit, hozak, mit hozak. Listen, I have a very important task for you, said the king. I want you to go out into the world and find another Lidertz just like you. Find your soulmate, your true love, somebody that you would be happy to live with. Lidertz was quiet for a moment, and then it said, Renban, 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 turned into a ball of fire, swooshed out of the palace. In a couple of hours, it returned. The king was really curious to see if the Lidertz could even find another bird just like itself, and it did. It returned with another bird that was fluffy with gray and black feathers and a crooked beak and piercing red eyes. And now there were two of them standing in front of the king going, Mit, 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 hozung, mit, hozung, mit, hozung. What shall we bring you? Well, said the king, I have another very important task for you. I want you to go into the garden and find the best spot for yourself in the garden, and I want you to build the most amazing nest that you wish for. Renban, Renban, Renban. The two Lidertz birds turned into two balls of fire. They swooshed out of the palace. The king stepped out onto his balcony, and he admired the view of the gardens, the trees, the flowers, the colorful feathers, and the symphony of bird song. And he could see the two Lidertz chickens running around the garden, sometimes as balls of fire and sometimes as birds, building under one of the bushes a beautiful, huge nest. They were collecting twigs and grass and moss and fluffy things and down feathers, and they made this wonderful home for themselves that was strong and safe, and it was very soft and cozy on the inside. And when they were done, they ran back to the king. Mit, 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 mit. Well, said the king, here is my next order for you too. I want you 
to live happily in my garden. I want you to find the best food for yourself around the gardens. I want you to live in your nest. And I want you to sing when you are happy and sleep when you are sleepy. And I want you to ask whatever you wish for if you have something to ask for. The two birds were quiet for a moment. And then they happily ran back out into the gardens to their nest. And from that day on, Every morning, the king stepped out onto the balcony of his palace and he admired the gardens, the flowers, the trees, the colorful feathers in all the colors of the rainbow and the symphony of bird song. And in that symphony, every morning, he could hear the two Lydia's chickens cooing, meet, 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 happily to each other because they were in love. And from that day on, they all lived happily ever after. Boldogan éltek, még meg nem haltak. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Rumpelstiltskin's Rad Riddle Rally. Do you enjoy teasing your brain, stretching your mind, thinking not only outside the box, but far away from it? Come and join Rumpelstiltskin's Rad Riddle Rally. Sign up now and receive your first riddle within the next 24 hours. If you can solve it, you'll know the exact place and time where we'll meet for an entire night of games and play. Or is it an entire day? Spots are limited, but fun will be endless. A grand and mysterious prize is waiting for one lucky enigmatologist. What are you waiting for? Rumpelstiltskin's Rad Riddle Rally. The prize is yours if you can figure it out. This episode is also brought to you by our new patron supporter, Erin. Not only is Erin a generous supporter of storytelling, she also has a delightful magical ability. You see, Erin can turn the noise of vehicles and machines into the sound of instruments, so wherever she goes traffic or construction sites sound like a symphony orchestra or a marching band or whatever kind of music Erin would like to hear in that moment. Would you like to know what your magical ability is? You can, for as little as the cost of a cup of tea and a biscuit per month. By becoming a patron, you can help us continue sharing the magic of storytelling with the world. If you sign up now, you'll get a postcard featuring one of the delightful fairy tale sponsor images and a lovely message from Rachel Ann four times a year. Become a member of the patron team by going to patreon.com forward slash story story podcast or storystorypodcast.com. A delicious thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. You are the powdered sugar on our breakfast waffles. At first I thought it was a trick of the bright clinical light, but no, that woman was indeed surrounded by an otherworldly glow. And did I see translucent wings sprout from her delicate shoulders? Who was she? The woman laughed a light, peeling laugh and chimed, why of course, I am the Tooth Fairy, and I am so glad that you can see me. I was very confused, but she continued unperturbed. You see, 
Usually only children can hear my voice and see me, but of course I am also there for grown-ups to see them through any teething troubles, and I am so delighted to grant you a special wish, or, well, your choice from our wishing menu. Let me know what it's going to be for you. I wanted to say something, but with all the various contraptions in my mouth, I really couldn't speak. She giggled again and said, Worry not, we offer you a filling of a lifetime supply of something magical in your tooth, and you can let me know what you'd like by blinking your eyes a certain number of times. Once is for wonder, twice is for wisdom, thrice for wit. Four times is for gold. A gold coin will fall from your mouth whenever you cough. Blink five times and sparkles will fly from your nose every time you sneeze. Six times is for sugar-free chocolate and seven is for salt and pepper. Lastly, and I must list this option too, if you close your eyes and keep them shut, your tooth will be filled with resin or whatever uninspired material they use nowadays. It's what most adults get, she added with a sigh. I knew almost instantly what I wanted. I won't spill the secret, but I am really looking forward to the next time I have allergies or a cold, I'll tell you that much. What would you have gone for? Let me know and pay good attention the next time you're at the dentist. I am quite sure the Tooth Fairy will visit you too. The second teller for this episode is Denida Feldman. Denida is a Colorado-based storyteller, hypnotherapist and voice actress who shares her tail-spinning skills for special occasions. She doesn't just tell the story, she actually becomes the characters. And today on the podcast, we can all enjoy her telling of the story of Dick Whittington. Dick Whittington a long time ago, during the reign of Richard II, there lived a young man whose name was Dick Whittington. His father and mother were dead, and he had to live on the charity of the people in the small village in which he lived. Now it so happened that this village was at the crossroads where many carriages would stop on the way to all different parts of the country, including the great city of London and many travellers would talk about the wonders of the city, and Dick Whittington would hear all the stories where it seemed like the streets of London were paved with gold. And so he thought that perhaps if he could make his way to the great city of London, then he too might be able to make his fortune. So one day he decided that he would walk along the road all the way to London. Now the way was very difficult, and it was very, very far. And he walked and walked and walked until his feet were sore and covered with blisters, and he felt like he may not be able to find his way. But fortunately, a kind carter came by, and Dick asked him if he might walk beside the cart. Well, the carter said that yes, he could. And so he carried on his way and the carter was going all the way to London, so Dick soon found himself 
crossing old London Bridge and finding himself in the heart of the city itself. Well, he was very tired and very hungry and very dusty. And he looked and he looked and he looked, looking for the streets paved with gold. But all he found was more dust and more dirt. And now he was even more tired. And he started asking people if he could do some work for them and maybe earn a little money or even a piece of bread or something to eat or some place to sleep. But people were busy and very few people were willing to stop and help him. And finally, after days and days in which the rain poured down and made him just soaking wet and sad and cold, he finally fell asleep on the doorstep of a house. Now, he had some very funny dreams in which he felt like he was being attacked by a very bristly brush. And then he opened his eyes and found out that it wasn't just a dream. He really was being attacked by a bristly sharp brush, held in the arms of a very stout woman who was yelling at him in a way that he almost couldn't understand. And she was screaming, Here, clear off our doorstep. What do you think you're doing? You lay about, you lazy lout. I'll be calling the sheriff's men out on you. They'll throw you in the clink. But then, when Dick tried to rise, he really couldn't. He was so weak and so hungry and so tired. And the woman started beating him with the broom again and started shouting again. But then he heard another voice saying, Stop a moment. I want to know what is going on here. And Dick opened his eyes again to see a very tall, elegantly dressed gentleman standing over him. And the man said, Explain yourself, boy, if you can. And Dick said, Oh, sir, I've come a long way, and I was hoping to make my fortune in London, but so far hardly anyone will give me work. And so I've been wandering for days and I'm hungry and tired and I apologize for landing on your doorstep, but there was no hope and nowhere else for me to go. I would love to work if I could. And the gentleman looked down on him and he saw that in Dick's eyes there was honesty and he made a decision on the spot and told the woman with the broom to bring him inside and give him a good meal. And then, when he was rested, to set him to work, doing whatever tasks he was fit for. And so, Dick Whittington came to live in the house of Mr. Fitzwarren, the wealthy merchant, and sent ships far across the sea to faraway lands. Now, Dick came to live in the house, and of course he did whatever tasks nobody else wanted to do, which was not easy. The cook had taken a dislike to him and made sure that he had the dirtiest, nastiest, smelliest tasks that were left over in the kitchen and throughout the house. But Mr. Fitzwarren's daughter, Alice, was kind to him and she saw that he was a good young man and that he was trying to make himself better in the world. And so she often had a cheery smile for him and spoke kindly to him. But otherwise, his life was quite difficult, especially since 
He slept up in the garret at the very, very top of the house. Now, in those days, London was so overcrowded that instead of building houses outwards, they built houses upwards. And this was also to save on the taxes that the cost of land entailed. Now, this wouldn't have been so bad if not for the fact of the rats and the mice. Every night, when Dick blew out his candle, the rats and the mice started running from the walls and they ran over his pillow and they ran over his face and they were squeaking and squealing and making it impossible for him to get a good night's rest. And so, the following Sunday, he decided to do something about it. He went out into the town and he looked for somebody who might be willing to sell him their cat. Well, he found such a person. She was down in the fish market, a very fine lady selling fish, and in her arms she held a beautiful, fat, purring cat. And he went up to her and he said, Um, excuse me, ma'am, I have a penny and I was wondering if you'd sell me your cat. Well, the woman looked at him and looked at him up and down and she thought about it and she said, All right, I'll sell you my cat if you work for me all day today as well as giving me the penny. Well, Dick was desperate and he absolutely agreed. So he spent the whole of that day working at the fish market selling the fish and wrapping the fish and preparing the fish for customers. And at the end of the day, the woman handed over the cat and Dick gave her the penny. And he took the cat home and he took her upstairs and fed her some of the remains of his own supper. And that night, Dick slept really well. The cat went to work because she was an excellent mouser. And she got rid of every single one of those rats and mice. And then Dick lived much more comfortably. But the cook was still mean. And he still had to do all of the messiest, most horrible tasks. But Mr. Fitzwarren's daughter was still kind to him. And everything seemed to be going along quite well. And then one day, Mr. Fitzwarren called all the staff into his study and he announced that he had a ship that was going far away across the seas and he wanted all of his household to be able to participate in what might be good fortune. And he told them that each of them was to send one of their own things on the vessel to be traded wherever that ship might wind up. And when it came to be Dick's turn, he said, shamefacedly, that the only thing he had was his cat. And Mr. Fitzwarren said, then you must send the cat. Well, Dick didn't want to. He had become very fond of the cat, and he had become very fond of being able to sleep well. But Mr. Fitzwarren had been so very kind to him and given him a place that he had no choice but to go upstairs and bring down the cat. Now, without the cat, he felt even more lonely and sad. And the cook was horrible. And she said, you know what they do in them funny foreign places with cats? They eat them. 
Well, Dick was very upset. And she was even more cruel and mean and unkind to him until one day he could bear it no more. And he crept out of the house very, very early, determined to run away back to the small village where he had come from. Well, he walked for quite a long time. And finally, he sat down very tired on Highgate Hill. And as he was sitting, looking over the city, feeling very sorry for himself, he heard the sound of the bells of Bow Church, and it seemed that they were calling out to him. Turn again, Whittington, Lord Mayor of London. And Dick thought to himself, Lord Mayor of London? Well, if I'm going to be Lord Mayor of London, I might as well go back. Maybe I can make it better for myself somehow, although I don't know how. And he walked back to the house and managed to creep back in before anybody else in the house was up and get back to work with a renewed sense of possibility. Meanwhile, the cat was having a fine adventure aboard the ship. Of course, the sailors all adored her, and she had a grand time because ships in those days were always plagued with vermin, and she had plenty to keep her occupied. And at last, they landed on the shores of a faraway land, and the people had never seen anybody who looked like those sailors, and so they were very interested. And when they talked to each other, they became even more interested at the things that they had on board their ship. And word soon went to the king and queen of the land, who invited to the captain to send them samples of what he had on board. And when he had done so, they invited him himself to come and dine with them and talk further about trade. Well, he went to their palace, and very beautiful it was. And they laid out the wares on beautiful brocaded carpets to look at them. And they invited the captain to come and dine with them. And food of all interesting sorts were laid out upon a fine table. But before they could even taste the food, all of a sudden, out from the walls came swarming thousands of rats and mice, and they immediately swarmed over the table and devoured every last morsel. And the queen began to cry, and the king started to shout, and the captain smiled. And he said, Your Majesties, I have on board my ship something that will solve your problem. And he went back to the ship and he brought back the cat. Now the king and queen had never seen such a creature and they marvelled at her. And they ordered another meal to be prepared and it was laid on the tables. And when they sat down, all of a sudden, again, the same thing that happened before, only this time, the cat went about her work very quickly and efficiently. And soon there was hardly a rodent left alive. Well, the king and queen were utterly delighted. 
and the captain assured them that soon the cat would give birth to kittens, and those kittens would continue to assist in her good works. Well, after that, the king and queen bought every single item that the captain had brought on his ship, but they paid ten times as much for the cat. Now the captain returned back to England. He went to Mr. Fitzwarren's house right away and knocked on the door and was presented to Mr. Fitzwarren where he told him of the good fortune that he had encountered on his voyage. And Mr. Fitzwarren was utterly delighted and he ordered that Dick Whittington be sent for immediately. Now Dick was down in the kitchens engaged in some very dirty, dusty work. But the master called, and so he straightened himself up to the best of his ability and presented himself. And Mr. Fitzwarren invited him to come and sit in one of the chairs, and Dick Whittington said, I can't do that, sir, I'm filthy. And Mr. Fitzwarren said, I insist. So Dick sat down, and Mr. Fitzwarren proceeded to tell him all about his good fortune and the fortune that he now possessed. Well, Dick, of course, couldn't believe what had happened, and he tried to insist that Mr. Fitzwarren take at least a share of it since he had been so kind, but Mr. Fitzwarren refused. And so he gave some money to the captain, he gave some to all his fellow servants, even the grumpy old cook. And Mr. Fitzwarren said, you are now a gentleman of means, and you must be dressed accordingly. And so he ordered his own tailor to come to the house and measure Dick Whittington for a fine set of new clothes. And Dick got bathed and cleaned, his hair was cut and curled, and now dressed in his new clothes, he truly looked like a gentleman. Now Dick Whittington had remembered the prophecy of the bells, and he decided that if he was going to hold high office, he better get himself educated. And so he hired the finest tutors and teachers and wise men in the city to come and teach him how to read and how to write and how to do mathematical calculations and many other things besides. He became a very intelligent man and very well respected. And in due course, he married Alice, Mr. Fitzwarren's daughter, and he did become, as predicted, Lord Mayor of London, not once, not twice, but actually four times under three British kings, and he was knighted by King Henry V. And after he died, he left his money to a foundation which still operates to this day and he did many other great things that he is well remembered for in the great old city of London. Now, Richard Whittington was a real person. And as a storyteller, I love to go to places that feature in stories, if at all possible. And so one day when I was on holiday in England, I live in the States now, I went to Highgate Hill, and I climbed up the hill. I went too far, as it happens, because the Whittington Memorial is actually quite close 
to the railway station that lets out right there. And there's a little stone, a little road marker, with a cat sitting on top, outside a pub called the Whittington's Arms. And that is a remembrance of Whittington and his cat and the story, based on a true person, but as we like to do, embellished thoroughly. This is Danida Feldman. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Story Story podcast. Show the love. Find Jenge Salka at salkajenge.hu or multicolourediary.blogspot.com and Danida Feldman at danidafeldman.com. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. Times are still strange and art is still needed more than ever. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. If you have questions or comments for the podcast, we'd love to hear them. You can send us an email at storystorypodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me directly at isabelhauser.com. If you get in touch, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was, well, me, and a riddle word guessing game that I've started to play on a daily basis. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was indeed a dentist appointment I had to get a very sore tooth fixed. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.